Welcome to the world of unsexy. From scrap metal to timber, estate planning to freight pooling, this show is a meandering exploration of just how sexy unsexy industries can be. I'm your host, Elaine Zelby, investor at SignalFire and eternally curious human being. In this podcast, we'll peel back the layers of niche and esoteric markets, understanding the history and looking at the future through the eyes of the pioneering entrepreneurs willing to bring technology and exponential improvements to these often overlooked spaces. Join me on a fascinating journey into the unsexy. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Sam Tiagi, founder and CEO of ClearNow, a company transforming B2B supply chains with their smart logistics as a service platform, connecting data, people, processes, and organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks for having me on the podcast and uh, glad to be here. Well, I see that you are a fellow mechanical engineer. I uh, did undergrad and grad school in mechanical engineering. So I'm always curious, what made you study mechanical engineering? You know, I was always fascinated about how things worked. So when I got a toy, I would actually open it up and see how things worked. And I think it was something that was in me. Um, so very early uh, days in my life, I started repairing my motorcycles and cars and stuff like that. So it was, it was just automatic for me to understand how, uh, you know, versus what it does. So I think that gravitated me towards mechanical engineering was we do get into the how. I was similar. As a kid, I used to build pulley systems in my room to do things like open and close the door or send messages to my sister's room in a tennis ball can. I also, like you, decided not to really pursue that after school. So how come you decided not to go down that path? You know, mechanical engineering does get into the whole uh, whole ERP and MRP uh, side of the equation, manufacturing uh, efficiencies, uh, supply chain efficiencies, and partner efficiencies. Plus, I had a minor in computer science. So combination of these three, uh, I think, really gravitated me towards uh, the current problem we are solving. But historically, you know, over the last 25 years, this is my fourth startup. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. And the three startups that I had before were around, uh, um, you know, ERPs. So we went through end-to-end supply chain problems we saw every day, and we solved a lot of those. But um, this is different. What uh, made you start your first company and what was that first company? My first company was in uh, 1995, uh, a company named Softline. And uh, the uh, SAP was uh, just about coming into this country. It was just getting popular uh, from an ERP perspective. And we started a firm to basically build solutions. And uh, um, later on, we also um, built uh, hosted services for SAP customers. So it was a great, uh, you know, soft software services product and uh, support kind of organization. And we grew it to uh, close to a thousand uh, people uh, organization in four years. Wow. I bet that was a lesson in leadership for sure. We were ranked by Entrepreneur Magazine as the hot, in the hot hundred, uh, number two ranked 97. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. And the next two times it was repeat and uh, rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Just to prove to myself, it was not a one-time fluke. 
<laughs> well, it seems like you've done it a few times. How, um, you know, supply chain is not something that a lot of people thought about until very recently. And I think we've all seen that with the pandemic and massive delays and getting, uh, you know, shipments. I live in Oakland and watching the ships just back up for days and days uh, off the port. What led you to the supply chain space? So global supply chain overall is very highly fragmented. Um, from a mechanical engineering perspective, if you remember when we grew up, uh, we used to play the telephone game, one-to-one uh, communication, right? But um, you know, if you really work into the logistics side, uh, over a dozen partners have to come together to move a shipment. So it's very complex, it's very labor intensive. And um, the documentation um, that actually translates between each partner is very error prone if you are a manual based uh, documentation. Um, so we, you know, we, we were born, um, ClearNow was born out of thinking that uh, the B2B supply chain uh, could be thought differently. Um, and we wanted to simplify these dated uh, customs clearance and uh, drayage system workflows. And ultimately we wanted to simplify lives and uh, save time. Well, to your point, in the B2B supply chain space, there's a lot of different players. You have the carriers, the freight forwarders, the importers, the customs brokers, drage, things like that. Can you walk us through each of the different players and kind of how things move among those different players? Yeah, and a very, very good point. And um, so it is a nature of the, the supply chain that we do need a bunch of players to come in, right? So you think about an importer, first of all. Uh, they have their own... Uh, sort of a system, uh, structured system, where they create a purchase order. Then they communicate that with the factory overseas. And how do they communicate that? Um, in a PDF or an Excel or a PNG? By nature, they are not structured. Right? So a structured data became unstructured. And that um, offshore factory uh, puts that into their ERP system. So now it's structured data again by typing it manually. <laughs> and then once it is done, once the container is ready to be picked up, they generate a bunch of documents, packing lists, commercial invoice, declaration forms. And they communicate that further with um, the first mile carriers and, uh, and also the transit carriers. How do they communicate? No, PDF, PNG, Excel. Okay, so now it's again um, uh, unstructured data. So now when, when a MERSC or, a, or a, uh, Evergreen or any of those carriers get that data, they actually do the same thing again. They type it up inside their ERP system, right? And how do they communicate further along the supply chain? Again, PDF, PNG, Excel. So this is, this is a problem that uh, we see, uh, this data collaboration problem. Uh, and uh, ClearNow was born by saying, we will use technology, first of all, to ingest those documents and organize those documents once, and then we'll have all our partners leverage that document for some workflow automations. So we spend our first um, majority of our time developing that AI ML platform that could take these disparate documents. They come in all different formats. They come in all different emails. Each shipment generates about 10 to 20 emails from four or five different partners. So our AI ML system is able to take that uh, disparate information and, and, and organize them so that that can be used now for their, for further uh, workflows. So first use case was the customs clearance. The typical customs broker's office looks like, uh, if you remember Elaine, um, you know, 90s and 
early 2000s, the doctor's office and how yes. the folder system used to be before yes. the EMR came by. Yeah, that's exactly how they, they look even now, outside ClearNow's uh, you know, customs clearance platform. And a typical um, customs clearance um, um, broker uses about two hours of their time to do one entry. So the difference fast forward with clear now is because we have digitized and automated all that information properly for them. Now our customs brokers, our partners can actually focus on the compliance portion, what they get paid for. So a two hour job gets done in less than five minutes. Efficiency gain of over 20X, 20 times efficiency gain in customs throughput. And we are carrier agnostic. So our importers can work with any carriers they want as long as they do customs clearance with us, with our partner broker network, we will clear their shipment in record time with higher efficiency. And um, you know, we, we pretty much give that digital platform to all our partners. Uh, so that's, that's how we started our first marketplace on the custom site. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, our customers started asking more. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, uh, they wanted I that. I was going to say, I can resonate with the um, visuals of the paper. My my dad is a physician. And when I was in middle school and high school, I used to work with the files, literally going and taking the papers, putting them in and kind of trying to organize all that stuff. So I can definitely empathize there. On the um, document collection side, and specifically you mentioned clearing customs today and able to speed up the processes by almost 20x, what does it look like before clear now in terms of I am, uh, you know, a, something that needs to clear customs, a good uh, shipment, who is responsible on each side of that? And what does the actual process look like? So every importer of record uh, will have a customs broker assigned, whether it's internal customs broker within their organization or an external most like most of the businesses go for external for compliance reasons and many other reasons. And that customs broker is called a notified party and one of the notified parties. So everybody in the supply chain copies them on an email. Tens of emails come through on each shipment and that customs broker pretty much is uh, printing out all that document and putting him in what? The doctor's office folder system that we talked about. And when the time comes, they go collecting those documents and making sure that they have all the documents or chase those documents from the party that was responsible to giving those documents. The arrival notice, the, the packing list, the bill of lading, all those documents that they need to do their job. Well, our system can automate that and has automated that. So we actually on time let every notified party know, hey, listen, we're missing a commercial invoice on this customs entry five days in advance or 10 days in advance, right? versus looking at it for the last minute. And the, and the customs broker without clear now literally goes scrambling and spends a lot of time just chasing down those information. Hmm. And after that, you know, skill that we used to be proud of in 70s and 80s and 90s, um, words per minute typing skills, they go to work on that. Uh, but nobody's proud of that anymore. You know, um, our, our systems uh, are, are uh, um, uh, digitizing tens of thousands of documents on a daily basis. A human can't do that. And um, so we are using technology to the max. Uh, we call it our uh, smart logistics as service uh, platform where we are connecting data, people, processes, and organizations um, to a new level of visibility and productivity, uh, a productivity level that has not been done before in logistics. And uh, I like your topic, unsexy, a business becoming sexy. We feel we are helping in that in that area, you know. 
Well, if you think about all the trickle down effects of you're starting at the very downstream end, but what happens after that in terms of we're all e-commerce shoppers today, right? If you look at the number of goods that are flowing and we have such a global supply chain that why I think it's a very sexy industry is it actually touches so many other industries. People just don't connect the dots there. You're absolutely right. In fact, uh, this pandemic, what we have done is we have shifted our uh, spend pattern. Instead of vacation, we went staycation and we started spending stuff for our homes. We want now direct to consumer, right? Uh, Previously, you would go to a shoe um, place and buy a shoe in your mall. Now you want it delivered to your home. So the supply chain needs have become very uh, on the fingertip. I want the information now kind of uh, approach versus you could plan before, fill out your warehouses and and work in in a very structured manner, right? Now, when, when the Christmas comes, you want those items shipped directly to your house. You don't even want to go shopping. So the needs have changed very much. And we, we are very glad that we started Clear Now uh, four years back. And we were in the thick of it, trying to solve a problem before pandemic. And it so happened that during pandemic, when all those manual typing, archaic process of customs clearance clerks were really struggling to go to their big um, machines and investments that they've done, we became a good work from home alternative for them. And um, that really, really helped the industry. And our customers started demanding more. Hey, I want to know now what's happening with all my shipments at the port. So we started integrating with the ports and we start giving them minute by minute information about their um, you know, uh, logistics movement within the port. Then they said, hey, listen, you, now we have to go call the drainage companies to or facilitate uh, the trucking from um, the port to our warehouse. Can you also please get into that? So that became, that gave birth to our second marketplace. So ClearNow's uh, clear drainage platform, where the, on one side of the equation are the same customers that we had before, but the second side of the equation, the, the fulfillment side is are the truckers. And we are really automating and making their lives easier. So that way they don't have to go to port and wait hours and hours for a container to clear because that was not readily available to them before. So now we are feeding that information to them so they can plan their runs and plan plan their supply chains and, and their, their uh, transportation routes. Drage is probably a term most people aren't familiar with. So can you walk us through a little bit of what that is? And after goods come into the port, what happens then? What does that process of drainage look like? So after the goods come in, there are multiple holds on a, on a container. There's a financial hold, there is a line hold, there is a customs hold, all of those. And sometimes a customs, um, you know, secondary inspection hold where customs officer wants to look into your container. Hey. And those, yeah, those, those holds uh, are cleared one by one or sometimes in synchronous. Uh, and uh, you have to go through each port's system to figure out if your container has those holds or are they clear of those holds. So we automated that, right? So our, our customers on our same platform can see which containers are ready to be picked up. And every container typically has something called last free day, LFD. So you have a time window that you have negotiated with your carrier, how many days you have to pick up the container. Mm-hmm. And it will range anywhere from two days, one day to four, five days, uh, three being an average. Um, and so you have three days to pick up. Now, guess what? If you have hundred containers at Oakland, for example, where you live, um, would you not want to pick up the container that is actually be expiring LFD today versus a container that's LFD is two days out? Mm-hmm. So that is managing last free day. And if you don't pick up the container on time, the ones that are expiring today, you're hit with something called demurrage. 
demerges that fee, that extra rental that you have to pay to the port to store your containers there, which is a very big hidden cost for a lot of importers. So what we have done, uh, Clear now has created the first uh, demerge clock where we actually track those containers all the way and we actually give our uh, importers a synchronous um, systematic view of which containers are getting into red zone, meaning they're expiring very soon that you will start heading, hitting demerge, which are in the yellow where you have a day or two and which are green, meaning you have all three days, right? So we can now they can actually sort them, filter them and start picking up the containers that are ready to be picked up and may hit some demerge um, um, expense. So, and, and for our own bridge, we use that a lot. So our customers are able to minimize all the way to uh, eliminate that, that unnecessary cost. That is fascinating and also crazy that that is still how archaic the industry is today. How long does it typically take to clear those holds? Uh, depending on um, um, how proactive you are and how, what visibility you have, uh, a typical importer will have a whole group managing that. Okay, so my containers have arrived, so I need to pay this container and so on and so forth. Um, ours is all digital, so we typically get uh, the holds uh, cleared as long as if there is no custom secondary hold, which is not in our hands. But every other hold we typically for our customers are able to get it done in a few hours uh, after the containers are ready to be cleared. Oh, okay, got it. So it is pretty quick. How nuanced and different is the customs process and clearing customs in different countries? They, they all have a similar macro level process. Uh, so there are forms to be filled out digitally. Most of the countries, the, the, the advanced countries, there's a customs authority out there. There's a, a duties and taxes payment mechanism or a method or a, or a process. Uh, there are some port fees in a lot of places. So the, the basic components are same, but uh, the combination, the permutation and combinations are different. So every country that Clear now goes into business with, we have to integrate first with their customs office, office you know, uh, their digital system. So US is ACE, for example, Canada is CDSA, um, in, in UK is HMRC. So we have to integrate that first. It's a lengthy process to get certified to communicate directly with the government. Um, it takes uh, anywhere north of a year to, to do that um, through system. And once you do that, now we communicate directly with the customs, right? So uh, if you're an importer on our system, uh, the moment the broker submits your um, uh, uh, customs entry, you actually see the information same time the broker sees it. We are that transparent. So we are able to add that transparency into this process. You know, we, we call it, we are unifying partners and workflows. And then our platform truly not only brings uh, digital transformation to this uh, logistics industry, which was very, very much needed, um, but we are also unifying partners and workflows and we are empowering uh, decisions to be made on a much faster basis than before. In your experience, what country has been the most advanced versus the least advanced when it comes to both digital transformation and kind of their processes at uh, customs? So we are only in three countries right now, US, Canada, and UK. We are adding four more uh, this year, uh, Netherlands, Belgium, Spain, Germany. And then we'll, our, our goal is to add four countries at a time every uh, following year, every 12 months. So far, um, you know, Every country has their nuance, but uh, I, I can't say that one country is more advanced than the other. Um, it is a requirement, it's a process, and you go through the process. Um, I would say Brexit was done uh, in a much um, 
faster pace because the government was also incented to hit a date. So the process took much faster out there because of that basis that the government had a date in mind and they wanted all the partners to align up for that. But other than that, um, every country has to go through a similar process. I, I don't have any preference for us. Uh, all customers in all countries are uh, similar in nature from a business perspective. Makes sense. You use the term digital transformation. And I mean, this has been around for decades at this point. And logistics and transportation has definitely been one of the slower adopting industries. Have you seen it accelerate significantly uh, as of late? And has the pandemic been an accelerant? Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you hit it, uh, hit, hit upon it uh, in a very good way because um, we all saw this news when LA port had hundreds of um, ship liners uh, lined up and uh, the, even the US government and uh, governments across the world start getting involved, right? So um, US government is so concerned um, that the middle of March, they came out with, um, with an uh, initiative called Flow. Um, you know, I don't know if you've read up on that. It's a it's a freight logistics optimization workflow, basically data share, which we've been doing for four years. <laughs> uh, so the, now the government is uh, putting a lot of emphasis in that. Uh, they want to make sure uh, that there's reliable data flow uh, and there's end-to-end visibility so that these crucial uh, workflows within supply chain uh, is resilient. And uh, you know it's a problem that we've been solving for a long time. There's also... Um, um, initiative that uh, U.S. Customs uh, potentially is going to come out with and mandate every logistics uh, importer uh, of record to have something uh, like a, a, um, a digital record, like in medical uh, field, it was EMR, mm-hmm. uh, electronic medical records. Um, we, we are already doing uh, this electronic customs record for a while. So I think that is also going to be mandated by governments across the world that you keep everything electronic. So that means if there's an audit, you don't send us boxes, you want electronic. So uh, yeah, so this reliable data and, and, and data collaboration um, is something that is um, at, at the height of visibility. Um, the three collaborations that we focus on, it's not only the data collaboration, but also communication collaboration and workflow collaboration. So it's like a handling baton, right? Uh, if you don't communicate properly, baton gets dropped. And a lot of times in logistics, that's how it feels. Um, somebody the container gets stuck and somebody's bearing that expense because the baton handling was not done well. So workflow automation and this communication auto- automation is you know, equally important or and above the digitization portion of it. With the baton handoff, I always make the analogy of when you're running a relay race, there's a point in time when two parties are actually running together and both hands are on the baton. And so you're kind of running in that same, and you have so many moving pieces and so many moving parties that making sure it's a two-handed baton handoff must be very critical. Absolutely. Um, think about a scenario. If, if a truck has gone to the port and is waiting for the entire day to pick up a container, somebody's paying for that wait time. Yes. Unnecessary wait time. In our drage marketplace, we can actually give that trucker a different container, digitally swap it, which is ready to be picked up, while we can give the evening trucker the other container that actually took longer than it expected to clear the holes. So we can actually optimize workflows from that perspective. And that is the uh, beauty about having this central data um, in in, in workflows. Uh, Otherwise, right now, think about 
uh, they get uh, um, the uh, delivery orders in a in an email and a PDF, and that one trucker can only pick up that one container. They cannot be swapped unless it's digital. So, so we are able to do a lot of optimization and workflows because of our nature. So we feel that we are able to add a lot of productivity, a lot of scalability and efficiency in this whole logistics uh, supply chain. How did you go about digitizing all the pen and paper processes? It was um, it was not easy, um, <laughs> and, and we almost feel like uh, decades back it was not possible uh, with the horsepower and, and the compute power that we need um, and we were using today. Uh, it would have been cost prohibitive, and there's always uh, a time in um, um, you know life cycle that that a technology can prosper. Uh, think about all these ride share programs in, in 2000, it would not have been possible. We did not have unlimited data in our phones to even call an Uber or, or a Lyft. Similarly, in our industry, the, the maturity where AI, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and the visual learning that we have right now, where a car can see a dog versus a human versus some human on a bike versus a human in a car, right? Uh, those kind of requires a lot of compute power. And we, we, we leverage that a lot to make sure that uh, the data was uh, getting organized um, in, a, in a structured manner. Um, OCR is an old technology, just, but, but it just characterizes and digitizes, but it does not organize it. So you don't know whether it's a birth date or a, um, a bill of lading number or a container ID number, right? It doesn't tell you that. So that is where the artificial intelligence comes in. That's where workflow automation comes in. That's where a lot of the other, um, you know, uh, technology um, you know basically comes in to, to help us so we are very proud that um, you know our ai enabled logistics as a service we call it uh, that's where i think we can make our industry also in your terms sexy like software guys did um, software as a service we are pioneering logistics as a service uh, platform um, that is bringing digital transformation uh, to the logistics industry it's a very needed solution you're um yeah. you're dealing with a multi-sided marketplace ultimately. Which of the players have been the most challenging to onboard to your platform? So good news is we don't need other partners to onboard with us. Um, so we get hired by the importer of record or partners who are bringing in for importer of records. So some freight forwarders or importers themselves. And once they um, notify everybody in the system that we are the customs clearance notify party, the data, this un unstructured data starts flowing to us in a disparate manner. Some email will have 20 bill of lading and one commercial invoice, and some email will have five commercial invoice and one packing list. So our system is able to decipher those information and uh, start doing its job in creating um, the, we call it the shipment cards. And in shipment cards, basically, uh, every piece of data we get goes into an existing shipment card or creates a new shipment card or is an orphan information where a human has to go and verify what happened. You know, we cannot correlate that piece of information with any information we have. And then, you know, we, we use some humans to verify that information. But other than that, our system pretty much organizes that. We don't need others to participate with us. Having said that, we are now creating partnerships with other um, ERP and TMS software providers. Maybe we'll start collaborating with them and we'll start exchanging 
these transactional data that we create or we have with structured data within an enterprise. So if you're an importer, you have all the other data, but you don't have where is my container today kind of data, the location services, right? Track and trace data, which we have. Now we can start feeding that within your own enterprise. So now you can go to your own enterprise, see your customs entry form, see your duties and taxes calculator out there. So how much duties and taxes do I owe this month? What's my landed cost? fully loaded cost of my, my products. Now you can actually start looking into your own ERP system because you will have that customs data back into your system. So we are integrating um, collaboratively with partners who think we can add value to their enterprise and vice versa. Uh, if we can get those purchase orders and uh, information upfront, we can actually go from PO to replenishment. So there are other stuff, you know, supply chain optimization we can do uh, by by partnering. So we are putting a lot of emphasis in partnership this year, and you will see a lot of partnership announcements coming from ClearNow and, and its partners. Makes sense. And offering that real-time visibility component to all the players, including some potential partners, to me is a total game changer. 100%. If you knew this, this pair of shoes that you really wanted, and it is three months out, you're okay. And if you signed up saying they're okay, I'm okay, three months, you don't have any disappointment. But if they say two weeks and it comes in three months, you are disappointed as, as, as a consumer. So, so that kind of visibility that we can actually provide to an importer where they can do much better promises to their customers, I think it is, it is what is needed, especially when we're shopping from home, especially if we are staying home. And now, although some of us have you know, hybrid mode start coming back to work, but still our behaviors have changed forever. Yes. I agree. There was a step function change in behavior that's never going back. Could not agree more. One thing I noticed in your background is that you have been uh, on the board of the American Red Cross for over a decade. And I thought that was so interesting. So I just wanted to know, how did you get involved in that? Oh, uh, long story there. Uh, I had um, 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 an opportunity to help someone when I was growing up, uh, somebody who on a, on a Sunday mass, one of my teachers got burnt. Uh, and uh, they needed a lot of blood, and Red Cross was there to help. Uh, so that changed me um, forever, saying that uh, where there's a human suffering, Red Cross is there. Um, there's no uh, differentiation. There's no, um, um, you know, um, reason uh, that who we should help. We don't. We don't take sides. And um, um, Red Cross is always there to help. Uh, doesn't matter what the cause is. Uh, during a war, we are helping both sides. Uh, and uh, one of the only organizations that can actually go across the border without having much issues because we are out there to help humans. So that actually is why I support Red Cross because we don't differentiate. A human suffering is a human suffering and we are there to help uh, day and night uh, and does not matter um, you know, what religion, what color, uh, what cause and where you are. Red Cross is there and you can depend on that organization. And um, that's that's why I, I'm part of the board. I'm a very proud uh, board member and one of the longest standing board members out there for Red Cross. I love that. You're a fascinating person in many, many ways. There's um, one question I always like to ask at the end of an interview. Has there been any guidance or wisdom that you've been given in your life or your career that's really stuck with you and ends up being words that you live by? Sure. Um, as an entrepreneur, uh, the difference between... Um, or any 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 work uh, somebody does, the difference between um, the top two to five percent who make it versus the other, a lot of others don't make it. Uh, the difference is, you know, you got to put in that 
extra amount of um, diligence, extra amount of work, uh, extra amount of thinking outside the box than everybody else. Uh, because even in startup world, you know, 90 plus percent of the companies fail. Uh, even in any businesses, you know, or, or, uh, or jobs that you have, uh, very few get to the top or progress as fast as the others. And the difference is that extra uh, hour or two every day, that extra diligence every day. Um, so there's no shortcuts in life. Uh, that's my um, two cents. Uh, you work hard. Uh, you do a thorough diligence, making sure that if you're developing a product like a lot of our startups do and we did, make sure you do a research and you you really thoroughly whiteboard it out, run it by a customer or two. Don't, uh, don't uh, develop product in a silo. And if your customer, if you can build it, scale it and sell it, you have a business. I love that. It's so true. Just grit and perseverance goes a long way and really separates the people who succeed versus the people that don't. Well, Sam, if people want to learn more about you and ClearNow, where should they go? Uh, ClearNow.com, I think, is the best place to go. Um, and uh, uh, happy to help any anyone who is uh, importing in this country. Um, and uh, um, there's info page there. There's sales page there. Um, Awesome. Well, and congratulations on the recent round of funding. You now have, uh, you know, a lot more capital to go and achieve your goals and vision. So congratulations on that and look forward to following your success. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, all the success comes with the team that you have and uh, to build great products, you need great teams. And that's where the funding goes uh, for our expansion plan in developing the product further and reaching out to the customers and also in different markets that we are in. So uh, this um, really welcome uh, the, the round of funding and uh, we will um, keep helping one customer at a time in the logistics business. Well, thanks so much, Sam. And I definitely learned a lot and I'm sure the audience did as well. Thank you, Elaine.